The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are James Little and Deepak Gohill. Hi, guys. Hi, Kat. Hi, yeah. Are we a little excited in this world here? I mean, our little Niner world is just like, I'm in heaven. I don't know about you guys. I just, I can't even put into words how excited I am right now. <laughs> heaven. Yeah, well, uh, it's been a while since we've had an opportunity to feel this good, isn't it? You know? been a long time a very long time it's uh it's been a hard few years hasn't it let's not lie so let's enjoy it we are along with another team who are consistently at the top of the league we are top of the overall nfl in terms of a lot of things yeah record i'm actually record yeah, being the most important i'm, I'm sort of 60 percent excited i'll let the other 30 percent loose once we beat the rams because five and yeah. is, um, and not only that, that would be a barometer of how good we really are when we play a team like that. Yeah. So, you know, and this is yeah. still a rebuild. So, you know, we, we should be squealing with delight. You know, we really <laughs> And we deserve to as well. Yeah. Well, going into the game last Monday, you know, the game that, of course, the Niners won 31 to three. Um, I was. You know, I was hesitant. I thought we could win, but I was a little hesitant because I know the Browns are an up-and-coming team as well. And, you know, they've shown some uh, uh, improvement this year. So um, when I got into my car after work Monday night and turned the radio on and the first thing I heard was Robbie Gold's PAT, (laughs) I thought, (laughs) I better get my butt home so I can watch this game. (laughs) It's, yeah, you're right. You, the Browns are the team that everybody before the season uh, started was saying, you know, they're the young up and coming team, and on paper they've got they've got some stars, but those stars looked very ordinary against our defensive line. And uh, when you've got a six foot one quarterback trying to look over six foot six guys, two two six foot six and six foot seven, I think they are Butler and. Uh, Armstead, when you've got a, a little guy like that trying to a look over those and then bearing down, and you're going to struggle, aren't you? So, yeah, we... Uh, I'm not going to lie. Their, their first play from scrimmage, James, was like a, a flea flicker to Adele Beckham Jr. Yeah. And he threw it to Jarvis Landry. It wasn't the other way around. And I thought, <laughs> oh, my God, those two, the ones that we need to keep quiet, have made a statement on the very first play of the game. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how's this going to play out now? You know, <laughs> it was supposed to be OBJ's breakthrough game as a Browns. That's uh, that's what it was being, you know, that's what it's been advertised as. And when I watched, I mean, I didn't catch the game live because of the time uh, that it it was on over, you know, with us over here. But um, on the re, you know, on the rewatch of the full game, it was all the Browns. It was all what are the Browns going to do? OBJ, Jarvis Landry. You know, Baker Mayfield, this new superstar quarterback. And I thought, I did think to myself, a little bit disrespectful, but then following the game and the interviews, I completely agree with Uncle Sherman. You keep making those, 
you know, predictions, we're not for real. And um, this team, you know, no, nobody's hyping us up. You carry on doing that because we will prove you wrong. And that's at the minute what they're doing. I know we're only five weeks in, but at the minute we are under the radar, I would like to say. Well, and we've got a lot of the pundits out there going, yeah, but look at the teams they're playing. They're playing the Bucks. Well, didn't the Bucks just beat somebody soundly two weeks ago, you know, and, oh, and they played the, you know, the, the, the Steelers, look at how bad the Steelers are being this year. Well, come on. The, the talent is there. I think we're for real. I think we have some tests ahead of us, but I want to gush about our defense for a bit. I know I'm always first to go to Garoppolo and start gushing about Garoppolo and Breda, which we will be talking about Breda in a bit, but I want to gush about the defense and I, I'm just so tickled with Nick Bosa's play this last game. Four tackles, two sacks, one forced fumble. I mean, the man's a beast. Every every down he looked to be putting pressure. He showed for the first time um, the reason why he was drafted number two um, and the reason, you know, the, the hype surrounding him going into the NFL draft, despite him sitting out a long period of time as a college player, he has got the the X factor, let's say. I'll use a Madden reference, actually. He's uh, certainly an X factor player. People who play Madden will know that there's stars on each team that are the X factor players, and he's the X factor on our uh, defensive line, or was in this game, rather. I mean, as a whole unit, I think they're an X factor and uh, proving it rightly, but his movement and his hands are so quick. People cannot deal with the speed that he can use his two hands to fly past you. It's The speed is unbelievable. I watched a breakdown from uh, Brian Baldinger, who I really rate highly, and I really thoroughly enjoy watching his breakdowns of plays. And he just said... He just said on about three or four, and just watch this guy. Watch the speed in his hands. He's got that. I mean, he, he called it the uh, the Bosa hands because his brother's known for having quick hands as well. And I think the father was also very good at it. But the speed in which this guy moves, and he had it, as we know, and it transpires, he had extra reason to against Baker with the whole flag planting and got his own back. Let's just say that. But yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. I'm a believer now. I'm a believer. Yeah. <laughs> this, this well, look, Defoe was there too. Look at that. Two tackles, two assists, one sack, one forced fumble. I mean, all the way around, Sherman and that interception, which I had to see on replay later that night because I heard it in the car. Um, four tackles. I mean, they're just, they're all coming together. I really feel like this was the cleanest game they've put, they've put out. Let's just hope that um, the Rams have got a few Ohio, um, Oklahoma Sooners playing for them because I really <laughs> I really hope that he was fired up because he was playing for the 49ers and not because he wanted to get one over uh, somebody mm-hmm. from a college peeing contest, you know. He, he set right. himself a standard, and, and, he, and this is what I expect from him now. So, you know, the whole college thing, it's cute, but... <clears throat> I hope that wasn't his motivation for playing the way that he did. Oh, I'm going to give him... I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he really likes it here. And the cohesiveness of this squad is is showing in his play because they're all playing off of each other. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, D, in the group, they were having fun. Yeah. They were they were enjoying themselves. They were loose, you know, and 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 the thing is for a change, they made their own luck, you know. They deserve the right to enjoy that game and have fun and and 
and, and, and play with passion because they did that themselves. They generated that themselves and they deserve to have that. And that for me really was the underscore for me was the body language of the players. It was all positive, a lot of passion. Everybody's in a good mm -hmm. mood, you know. My God, Pettis lots of smiles, lots of goofing yeah. off on the sidelines, yeah. you know, keeping it loose. I mean, even yeah. Pettis got involved with his <laughs> stupid hairstyle. Even he was in on it. <laughs> <laughs> have you not? Have you, have you not seen his hair before that? He had it. it. He had it. He had it longer last, than that. last year, didn't he? have it like that he did he's had that yeah. hair for a long time but like yeah. Deepak rightly pointed out he keeps his helmet on a lot where a lot of these guys <laughs> on the sideline tend to remove and put their helmet on Don Petty seems to be a player I've seen walking up and down the sideline with his helmet intact and I think we've realised why that is the case now <laughs> well packing it packing that hair in has got to be difficult yeah. yeah, well, and we've all we've all seen the uh, slow motion clips of George Kittle and how he puts his helmet. On. <laughs> Is that just me? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're right. The, the guy, they thoroughly enjoyed this. The whole stadium, staff and players yeah, all together. And one of our own was there as well. Nathaniel, I'm so jealous that you were there yeah. during this because it looked absolutely electric. But the thing that I took from it all was. Another thing, but with them all enjoying it and hyping each other up, and everybody just like cats and it all came together. Was there, I don't recall there being more, I think I recall one or two penalties. Were they ours? There just didn't seem to be any flags during this game. And I was we like, did, Yeah, we did have a few, but it was later in the game, as I remember. And, um, yeah. you know, again, we obviously still have a discipline issue, but it's it feels like it's being addressed because like I said, it really felt like a pot on that polished, but we're very close to having a polished game. You know what I mean? It mm -hmm. was, um, yeah. The entire game. We drew four penalties. We did more than Thank that you. in one oh. series in week one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a massive improvement, isn't it? We spoke oh, yeah. early the season. It's just frustrating because the game, the nature of the game itself with the different teams on and off the, you know, it is already a, a stop. I mean, British fans will know this because this is what gets leveled at you from say rugby fans, but the game is very stop start. So it's even more frustrating when we're constantly stopping for flags and reviews and ref calls and stuff, you know, it, it stops and they, it just, like you said, came together and it flowed. And, um, we just looked, especially on we'll concentrate on defence just for the meantime, but it's just the pressure on that quarterback. And I think it's going to be key. I don't want to rely on the defence, but, I mean, to me, I haven't seen a better one in the NFL this season so far. Okay, but speaking to that, our defence wasn't on the field that much. I didn't look up the stats for the time that the defence was on the field, but look at how long... The, the offense was on the field. Garoppolo was 20 for 29, 181 yards, two touchdowns. Okay, he had a fumble. He had no INTs, 108.5 passer rating. Breda, the cheetah, 11 carries, 114 yards, 10.4 yard average, one touchdown rushing, one passing, you know, one receiving, and 83 yards on the opening play of the game. I want to jump in quickly and say they did exactly what my friend on the other end of the line, Deepak, wanted us to do. And what did he say earlier on? And what have we said? 
the running game softens up defenses, keeps the offense on the on the field longer, allowing the defense to rest and look at the production we got from the offense for doing that and the defense for doing that. So I'd like to say, Deepak, you were spot on, my friend. You got it there. There's one more stat that I want you guys to coo over, right? We actually picked up more yards per rushing play than we did per passing play. Wow, I don't see that. That's incredible. Right. Uh, where, where, where did I get it? Okay, so we had 6.9 yards per rush, 5.5 yards per pass. <laughs> and they said it's a passing league. It was 83 in one go, but still, I mean, think about yeah. that. that still. That's a dominant rushing game, isn't it? Whichever way you want to paint it, numbers don't lie. And the thing is, it's not just, I mean, Breeder got a lot of the points and he was outstanding, but Coleman come back, Coleman yeah. come back, and immediately he looked like, because it took me a few minutes to realise, because I didn't watch the game live, I watched the full replay, as I've said, I forgot he came back, and then I saw him running, and he looked like he just slotted in now, unfortunately it did look like, and he has slightly replaced Mozart, even though he did get seven carries himself, but the, the point being is that, We've obviously suffered from injuries in the past, but we've got Breda, Coleman, Mozart, you know, and and Wilson Jr. as well. If you know, he we know he can contribute. It's running back by committee, and I think I'm right in saying that we've got the second. We may even have the first now rushing uh, attack in the league. The so, and it's not just what it, we are top. Yeah, yeah. We've got to remember. Well, I remember when I see this guy play. He went undrafted undrafted and how many teams was we thinking how how did we overlook him and I have to say as well just quickly massive credit to our offensive line because it's been a worry of ours for a very oh, yeah. long time Weston Richburg has come back spent a lot of last season injured has come back this season I didn't really rate him very highly because bits and bobs I'd seen of him last year didn't he seem to be a little bit out of sync how perfectly in sync were they for that first play and Juice as well Juice is massively important but we'll get on to him obviously so I found some neat little stats on NFL.com. The 49ers have 430 plus yards in three consecutive weeks for the first time since weeks 12 through 14 in 1998. Holy Toledo. For the 49ers have scored a touchdown on the opening drive of the second half each game this season. I did not realize that. The 49ers are one of five teams to score 20 or more points in each game this season. Wow. That's, I mean, looking at how we've been in the past, that's huge for us. A um, couple others. Breda was clocked at 22.3 miles per hour on his 83-yard touchdown run. I think that's pretty fast, don't you? <laughs> uh, let's see. The 49ers are the only team that has not allowed, allowed a rushing touchdown this season. Alrighty then. And we are currently NFL power rank of four. I don't really pay too much notice to the NFL power rankings, especially not after four games, five games. It's really not indicative of anything. And the other reason why I don't really pay attention to them is to sort of bring it back to the conversation we were having in week one where, James, you were pushing me on what I thought our final standing would be. And, uh, and I sort of grinded my teeth and said well, maybe 8-8 eight and eight at best well, you know, whilst that could still happen the point I'm trying to make is we're still in rebuild and I think it's important to remember that and 
Jimmy Garoppolo is still played. He's started less than 16 NFL games. So technically, he's a rookie, experience-wise, because he hasn't started in 16 starts yet. You know, so he's still <laughs> learning. We're still learning. This team is playing together for the first time. So far, so good. You know, let's keep our feet on the ground. But at the same time, we should never ever doubt ourselves and think, "Why can't we win the next game?" Because I think if we Take it like that, one at a time. I, I truly believe we're formidable enough. And this any given Sunday thing, there's no reason why we, we shouldn't win, certainly on Sunday. And that's as far as I'm going to look. And that's why those NFL rankings don't mean anything to me. I just look at the next game in front of us. I don't worry about what's coming down the line. <laughs> yeah. And it's the Rams, and I hate, hate, hate the Rams more than most people hate, well, hate the Seahawks because they're traditional rivals for us. Always have yes. been, you know. And I really, really, really am hoping that next week I'm quoting Merton Hanks in our podcast. And I'm going to hold it right there because I don't want to jinx it because next week I want to be quoting him. So I'm going to leave it there. Let's get him on the show. <laughs> Oh, that would be awesome. Mert, come on. I bet you we would. Well, mm. <laughs> let's call him or tweet him or something. I, I, could, I, know, I know people that know people that have killed people. <laughs> there you go. You, you, you have your people's people talk to our, their people's people, and let's see if we can get them on the show. That's the right so we have a few questions from our members. Shall we uh, take a look at some of those? James Waters. Can we go all the way through the season undefeated and secure Lombardi number six? Well, we already know D's not looking past Sunday. I'm not, but I mean, we're not going to go undefeated. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That much I do know. Um, mm -hmm. Could we lift a Lombardi? We could do. You know, it's not a no and it's not a yes. It's just a little too early to tell right now. And you got to understand there are some other very good teams that are still in contention. You know, it's only four games for us. So it's still really early. If James asked this question in week 14 or 15, it'd be a different answer. Yeah, it's a long way to go. A long, long way to go. Uh, let's just enjoy the moment. Yeah. And if we, win if we win next week, let's enjoy that moment. And if we win the week after, let's enjoy that moment. And if we don't win next week or we don't win the week after, it's not the end of the world. We, really you know, is. we're not going to go unbeaten. Let's not, let's not say that. I don't think that's going to happen one well, day. Well, yeah, the odds are against us going unbeaten, absolutely. Oh. But I think it's cute that everyone is getting are, all hyped up. The odds are against um, New England going unbeaten, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, we have overachieved what most pundits thought we'd, we'd win by the end of the season. So we've already exceeded the wins that some people said we'd get <laughs> in the entire season, right? <laughs> yeah. This is true. This is absolutely true. Simon Holdsworth. Simon never thought he'd say this, but how awesome is it to see Salah amped up on the sideline? That's his defense. That's his baby. And the passion mm -hmm. is showing in the players, you know, you know, about everybody enjoying themselves and having fun. Salah's put this defense together and they're performing. How can you not be amped when you see that happening? It's execution. It's personnel. It's schemes. It's everything working. You know, everything's hitting. It's that little zone in the in the universe where everything works he's he deserves to feel amped and it was really good to see him feel good it's been awesome to see him that amped all season long 
Yeah. Because he's yeah. had that that high intensive excited energy the, this entire season. You've got to remember as well. He's taken a lot of criticism again. I'll say it again, including from me. Um, so when you know we they stuck with him despite calls for him to lose his job again, including from me. And I apologise because from what I'm seeing at the moment, he knows how to run a defence and coordinate defence. So. Yeah, fair play. I mean, the players seem to love him, and he seems to love his job. Everyone's loving everything at the minute, aren't they? So, yeah, why not? Fair play. Well, and I think it just goes to show some of my arguments in the past had been patience, don't give up on the scheme, don't give up on the coach, you know, when we were going through that coaching carousel. Um, And I think they just proved that point for me by keeping him around. And now look at how solid our defense is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to put my feet back on the ground. Sorry. I'm a little hyped up here. (laughs) (laughs) So Steve Panda Richardson says this party is inevitably going to end, but who on our schedule has a realistic chance of doing so? Why does it have to end? (laughs) I'm enjoying it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm enjoying it too, but I think if we're not careful, the Rams are going to sneak it from us this week. Well, do you know, that any given Sunday thing could, we could well beat the Seahawks twice, the Packers and the Saints, and then end up losing to the Falcons and the Cardinals, you know, and the Redskins. <laughs> anything can That's happen. That's true. You know, anything can happen. Um, but he's right. This, the party may not end, but we will eventually, you know, lose the game somewhere. Yeah, the thing is, what's happened in the NFL as a whole uh, already? We've seen that, uh, other than other than us, and, <laughs> other than us and the Patriots. But we've seen, like Cat said, the Bucks um, shocked people. The Browns absolutely, um, well, not the Browns beat the Ravens last week, didn't they? Before they played us, and I thought the Ra- the Ravens looked quality. Um, just look. You've got to look for the records of the teams in the league. A lot of two, two and threes. Obviously, obviously, because it's been five weeks. But do you know what I mean? There's not a lot yeah. of teams other other than us and the Patriots. No, even the Chiefs. The Chiefs lost. The Chiefs mm-hmm. looked absolutely unstoppable. Yeah. Uh, especially their offense and with Mahomes, they looked unstoppable. But they lost. So that it's it's just the nature of the league. And given Sunday's the exact same. Yeah, the, well, chi- the Chiefs lost. To Indianapolis, and uh, if we're playing Indianapolis on Sunday, I, with no disrespect to the Colts, I'd feel happier playing them than I would the Rams, but yet they went and beat the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> these... Jason Argo just made a statement. Isn't it great to see Levi's rocking instead of half empty? Actually feels like we have a home advantage now. Yeah, I think... especially for Nathaniel. I was, yeah. I was more happy for Nathaniel because... We've spoken with him and, you know, it's my dream to go out and watch a game and I'll do it one day. And I know it was his as well and he's he's enjoying that dream and living that dream. So I was happy for Nathaniel. But, yeah, and obviously the team and everything. It just looked electric and amazing. And, yeah, I was just – I watched that for brilliant. But expanding on that, I want to ask Deepak, do you think the candlestick curse is over? (laughs) Um, No, I don't actually. But um, so going back to – you know, seeing Levi's rocking instead of half empty, but it kind of did look half empty. And I think the reason for that is that the sun is fierce in that stadium. If you're on the wrong side of it, it's unbearable to be out in the sun. So people will watch from inside the concourses. So Levi's looks half empty a lot of the time because the sun is so fierce and it was bad stadium design. That said, 
it was rocking. Okay, so we've had Levi's where it's empty and it's like a graveyard, half empty and rocking. It's because the team is winning. And when a team is winning, success want, demands that people come and see what's going on. People will come if this team is successful. You know, and I think what we're seeing right there with the atmosphere ramping up and everything is that people are coming back to the 49ers who'd left us because we were terrible for so many seasons. And you can argue from a fandom point of view whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. But if that stadium's noisy on third down when we're playing defense, that's a good thing for me. Mm-hmm, totally. And wearing their Niner gear out in public again. Yeah. Nice. I've always worn my Niner gear out in public, and I have I've seen more Niner gear when I'm out and about now than I did last year. <laughs> Nobody cares here, so I wear it every day. <laughs> same, same here. Same well, here. being an hour north of San Francisco, <laughs> it's pretty prevalent here. Well, I'll tell you a lie. Uh, our, but, Saturdays I change for Leicester City in the afternoon. As soon as that's over, it's my Notre Dame threads, and then Sunday is all day 49 <laughs> So our buddy Nathaniel wants to know, were people impressed with Tevin Coleman and do we keep him in the position or bring Wilson back? Oof, that's a good question. I, I was like James, where this guy came from. And, um, and again, he was injured. And uh, I think it was week one he got injured. So he definitely contributed. And I think I would keep Tevin Coleman ahead of Wilson. Uh, that's not to say Wilson didn't contribute because he did, but I think it goes to show the level of competition is quite high. Well, and the, it'll be interesting to see how they scheme it with uh, use check out of the picture for six oh. to eight weeks. Yeah, it's that's that's he's so important. I didn't realize how I didn't quite realize until probably this game against the Brown exactly how important he is for Shanahan's scheme. Uh, on that first play, straight off, you can tell. I don't quite know how they're going to counter that. Um, with the other, obviously, we know Kittle's a great blocker, but we can't have him block on every, you know, every play. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to counter. I've seen discussions about the other two tight ends, Dwelly and Tula, something whose name I can't say. Um, so yeah, I'll leave that to Carl Shanahan. But I've got full confidence mm-hmm. yeah. in them being able to. You know, he's not a one-trick pony. He's known for the complexity of his offensive scheme. So he will adapt to that, and Juice will be back, I think, sooner than we anticipate. Everything I've heard is positive, four to six weeks. We're going to be missing a vital organ against the Rams. That's how it feels like for me. Just quickly, back to Coleman and Jeff Wilson Jr. We've seen that both guys can fulfil that role and job very well. So Coleman, obviously you pick him over Wilson purely down to experience, A, with the head coach, B, as an NFL player. Um, I haven't really got to see, but yeah, I'm happy with either of those. I'm happy with our running court as a whole. If they want to give Coleman more carries than Breeder, if the, you know Breeder carries on getting more carries, I think they pretty much split Coleman and Breeder 50-50. We just obviously saw more from Breeder with the 83-yard touchdown, and then he caught a second one, didn't he? So, yeah, I'm happy with the, all of the running backs. Play them all at one go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve Cushman says, with the amount of quarterbacks going down around the rest of the NFL, do we assume no one is interested in Bethard? Bethard, excuse me. Uh, could we release him and try to sign him back to the practice squad? I think uh, Kyle is over-evaluating him, and we could have another position on the 53. What are your thoughts? At the back of a win like that, and we're asking questions like that, just let it be. Trust uh, 
trust him if he wants to keep him around. There must be a reason. He must be contributing on the practice squad and the walkthroughs. Um, he, I like the guy. I really like the guy. I don't think much, or from what I've seen, I, I don't hold a high opinion of his footballing ability, but there's obviously a reason they're keeping him around. Shani likes to have three. So, um, yeah, again, I, I think it's a bit of a redundant question at this particular stage, but I've always liked CJ. Me too. <laughs> Our buddy Michael Wandy asks, will the next four games show the direction of the season? There are two must-win games and two we have to win this, but we can also lose it games. Most hard opponents come in the second half. The next four games are Redskins. Sorry, it's the Rams. Redskins, Rams, Panthers, yeah. and Cardinals. Okay. Uh, do you know what? There really isn't a reason I can think of how we could lose to any of those four. And that's not me being a biased 49er fan. I'm actually trying mm -hmm. to be as impartial and dispassionate as possible here, which is difficult to do. But if we beat the Rams, are you telling me we're not going to beat the Redskins? You know, we are. We're going to beat the Panthers. We're going to beat the Redskins. I think we're going to beat the Cardinals. I think the Rams are going to be our toughie. The Rams are going to be our toughie. Uh, but after that, you know, what Michael said is true. The, the, the lead into the rest of the season is going to be tricky. Green Bay, New Orleans. So it's pertinent that you win as many as you can of those winnable games. So when he says we can lose, we, we have to win, but it's okay if we lose. I don't think that... That, that is a thing. I think every single game is a must-win because yeah, the end of the season is so tricky. You know, Rams and Seahawks, last three games. Sorry, Saints. Yeah. yeah. New Orleans, Atlanta, LA, and um, and Seattle. Yeah. Those are four games that could kill your season if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. What I don't want to happen is exactly that. We, we continue this, well, I say I don't want it to happen. It wouldn't be the end of the world if it did happen, but we continue this win streak. And then near the back end of the season, when we hit these harder games, we string together two or three losses. Let me ask you something, James. Don't you think expectations are a little bit unfair of this side? Because people are already thinking playoffs. They're already thinking, you know, we can beat yeah. them. I mean, I've just said now that we're going to win the next four games, so I'm just as guilty. But do you think... That it is appropriate to think like that, despite the fact that in our hearts we all know this is a rebuild. We all know Jimmy G's still getting settled in, his footwork is coming on, his throws are coming on, you know, he's still still in progress though, you know. So do you not think it's a little unfair that we're expecting so many big things from this team in a rebuild year? I don't think there is a massive amount of grounded people. Football, well, fans of any sport in general, get carried away on the back of, you know, two or three wins. If people do, people get excited. I'm granted I'm excited, but I'm very much like you. You know, I, I do think that there is still improvements and a lot to make. So, in, um, in short, I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of fans getting, a lot of faithful getting carried away and think the good time, you know, the old, the, the good times are back and we're going to go to the Super Bowl and people do get carried away naturally people do that with the excitement of a few wins but yeah it's, yeah, I think the expectations are high but then I'm the same as you looking at the schedule I, I think we're going to beat the Rams um, I think it will be a big test because they are a quality football team um, we saw that like, last season they were so fun to watch and McVeigh I mean I, I'm not a massive fan of them 
I mean, I don't really hold any oh. wealth, possibly like you do, T. I despise but, um, them. <laughs> yeah, you, but, yeah, you, do you not yeah. think this ties but, in with what um, Jason Argo's question was about Levi's being half empty? I mean, there was people passionate making noise. There was people that haven't been for a long time that have come to see them. They haven't come to yeah. see a team in rebuild. They've come to see a team that they think is going to make the playoffs because we're winning. And I think that's yeah. the expectation, which is, I think, a little bit unfair Fair and unfair. I mean, Kyle's had a lot. He's had he's had a, he's had a fair amount of time to get this right, but we've had bad luck. So our rebuilds have been pulled back, pulled back, pulled back. And now I think this is the real rebuild, and so far so good. But it's still a rebuild for me. Let's just rewind for a minute. What you said about I've read a lot about this. To be honest, about I've watched. We've all watched home games in Levi's Stadium, and the uh, it does look half empty. And your reasoning to do with the sun is is from what I understand, is spot on. So it hasn't been half empty. And yeah, it did look electric because it was cool, I imagine, because it was obviously late in the evening, wasn't it? So it was cooler. That's why the stadium looks so full. So yeah, but yeah, completely agree with you, Deepak. It certainly looks like, from my point of view, that we look like a team on the way to the playoffs in terms of the reaction from the fan base. But let's just stay grounded a bit. And the flip side of that is as soon as we have our first loss – like any fan base will, they're going to overreact and, you know, it, they're garbage and we need, you know, immediately go into the firing of the coaching staff and the general manager and, you know, blah, 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 instead of trusting the process so and letting the process flow through. That's, that's true, Cap, but we never answered Steve Panda Richardson's question about <laughs> who's going to poop on our party, you know, because we is, don't want to take... <laughs> somebody is, is going to do it. And, uh, and I, I think that question... Actually deserves an answer, and and I actually think that it'll probably be somebody really nondescript like St. Louis who'll pull the rug from under our feet, or Washington, or or something crazy like that. I don't think it'll be an obvious suspect. I think it'll be one. That of is the, so funny. You said St. Louis. I'm going. Wait, who? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Arizona. You mean the Cardinals? Phoenix, even. Gosh, what was that? Thing? I'm thinking baseball. They're in season right now, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> They're in playoffs, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll quickly answer Steve. Scrolling down the the schedule, I I do think we're going to beat the Rams. So unfortunately, I'm going to go with our first loss against the Seahawks. You know what? As long as we don't lose to the Redskins, I'm good. Yeah, that would well, be okay. That would be a meltdown. That put the fan yeah. base into a meltdown. I don't want to read yeah. that. <laughs> but we we play the Cardinals literally twice in two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can... And we seem to do that every year. There's one of our NFC West rivals that we end up playing twice in three weeks. Yeah. So if we lost to them on the 1st of November, destroy Seattle on the back of that loss, and then really destroy the Cardinals, and then handle Green <laughs> Bay, and then Baltimore after that, and then New Orleans... That was that tough <laughs> schedule. That's See, tough it's, it's that, that Green Bay, Ravens, Saints. Yeah. Those, that, those three weeks are the ones that make me super nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and wait, we you all know, know I, how but after we that, all know how Aaron Rodgers likes to play against us, and he exactly. looks fantastic. But after that, it's Atlanta, then the Rams again, and the Seahawks. So, you know, that is mm-hmm. so, after the Redskins, we've got no more cupcakes left. We've eaten them all. Maybe the car, right? Yeah, but all the cupcakes are done. We could theoretically yeah. be six and oh <laughs> and still finish six and ten. Not that we will, but 
after the Redskins game, it's going to be really, really, really difficult. Yeah, I, I don't know. We really need we really need use check back against the Seahawks yeah. and Cardinals. So. Well, it'll be interesting to see. You know, like I said earlier, it'd be interesting to see how they scheme it and how they they run it this weekend. Which. Why don't we move on to the next game? So this Sunday, we head to Los Angeles to face the Rams and hopefully pummel them. Uh, game starts at 105 uh, Pacific. That would be 905 your time, correct? Yep. Yep. Correct. What are we looking for with this game? The Rams are not the same team they were last year, but they still are a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> Neither are we, though. <laughs> you know, we're not the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have confidence in Shani that we'll play to our strengths and not theirs. You know, I mean, their O-line yeah. is a bit wobbly. He's a bit all over the place. Goff, he's not having a brilliant season either. I think it's not so much there for the taking, but it's there for the earning. I think if we work hard, do the simple things yeah. right, not not harm ourselves with bad discipline, bad penalties... I think this game's there for the taking. I think we can win this and earn it. It's not a gimme. It's going to be earned. It's going to be tough. And we're going to have to do it the hard way. But nothing worth having is done easily, is it? That's true. Well, the Rams are coming off a long week. They played the previous Thursday night. We're coming off of a short week. How much is that going to play into our, our performance? Who does these schedules like? Yeah. You just said about playing the Cardinals twice in two and a half. This is an intense physical sport. Who in their <clears throat> mind has done this? Like, seriously, come on. But I think momentum is going to be a big thing. Um, and I honestly believe we've got the momentum to go and beat them. Um, yeah, they are a great footballing team, but the, you know, golf is like, Deepak's just said, Goff is now in a particularly great time. Is Gurley playing? I, I, I haven't watched any of the rounds. Is Gurley playing? Yeah, he's playing. Yeah, he's he's playing. playing. Is he doing I much? thought he was. Uh, I haven't looked at his stats, but... This, this is going to be the key. So it's going to come back to bite me, isn't it? But I haven't seen much from him. I mean, again, I haven't gone out of my way to watch the rounds, but the highlights on Good Morning Football, etc. <laughs> I haven't seen a massive amount of Gurley, whereas he's supposed to be, you know, mm-hmm. second best running back in the league, which I think we've got the best at the minute. I um, think we do. But, uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, Aaron Donald, is he still an absolute wrecking force? But then our O-line are, uh, are playing at the top uh, at the top of their game. So, and I'll say that Western Richburg impressed me so much. So I think we can beat them. I really do. And I think yeah. that they are running high. I think just one last point, the important battle for me will be Mosley. Um, and he played fantastic against Browns, so let's hope he can keep that level of play. Because um, I presume he'll be starting on the opposite side to Sherman. We can't know who is with Sherman. We know that. Mm-hmm. We're going to win. <laughs> we are going to win, but it's going to be a battle. It'll be. I reckon it'll be six points, mm, three, six. I'm. I'm confident. <laughs> a one score game. Let's just say that one score game. Well, let's. Feel- let's- Let's look at the last week with the Rams in Seattle on that Thursday night. The Rams lost to Seattle by one point. Mm. They missed yeah. the field goal, didn't they? Deep in mm-hmm. the game. A kickable. Just quickly about missed field goals. Yeah. Uh, uh, Robbie Gold. 
Oh, we know you've got the contract now. I am not blaming any of that on Robbie. I think that is a combination of the, what is it, a rookie holder and a, and a, a, a new snapper? Yeah. Aren't we on like our third snapper third this year? Snapper. Our third long snapper of the season. Yeah, it's just one of those positions that is an automatic. You don't give it any thought going into the season. You know, oh, we've got a long snapper, great, fine. You know, you, right. you, don't, you don't give it any thought, but it is an integral position really i know they do one thing um and i know they're practicing their back garden throwing their uh, wives with the pillow holding up that made me laugh um but yeah it's one of them positions that you just think it's an automatic given but that's not the case for us at the minute is it it's a bit mm. bit of a worry and it frustrating for well, it was one game i yeah. mean that okay yeah it was three missed field goals um, but it, still really, it, it was one game, you know, I, I'm not going to be too concerned until it becomes two games and then three games and then yeah. four games. And then we obviously have a problem somewhere in that, that group in that between the snapper, the holder and the kicker. So but they were also, but that's just my opinion. But they were like, um, bonus field goals. We were pretty efficient inside the red zone. It was really sevens, not threes in the red zone for us, for the most part, not all of it. But for the most mm-hmm. part, we were we were converting off third downs and first in goals and scoring touchdowns. You know, it was sevens over threes, which is uh, what we want. But <laughs> if, if a field goal can win or lose a game. Just ask the Rams. They lost on a, on a last-minute field goal. Yep. They missed. Yeah. So I think, you know, this thing about special teams, we take them for granted. We really shouldn't because this is something that is going to stand out like a sore thumb when they do the review. And I think if I'm mm-hmm. to be a little bit pernickety we forced two turnovers and did nothing with them you know against teams like that's true green bay you're gonna have to uh get something out of those turnovers you're looking at minimum 10 points from two turnovers Mm -hmm. minimum you know yeah so we need to be a a little bit more ruthless in that department but it's not a negative it's just an observation you know we're still we're gonna beat the rams and we're gonna beat them by two scores because i always say two. okay so I've got D saying two scores. I've got James saying close game or one score. One score. Two, one score. score. One score. two scores can still be a close game. It could be two safeties, you know. Oh, this okay, there you go. <laughs> I think it also will be a uh, close game. And I'm pick I'm gonna pick the Niners to win too. Maybe. I just think I think we are on the way to five and oh. Yeah, That's just so. where I think. So we don't have anything going for the pick six right now. We're waiting for Ross to finish compiling the results after Monday night's win. But um, as I saw a post, we had like three potential pick six winners. So good luck, guys. We should find out. Keep an eye out on the group and he'll post it soon. All right, boys, it's time to play everyone's favorite game. Are you ready for the two minute drill? Yeah. Okay, so I've got two minutes on the clock. Let's get started. James, how big a miss will Juice be? Yeah, big. Um, but let's hope that Shani can scheme it so that it doesn't have too much of a detrimental impact. Deepak, are we the real deal? We're getting there, uh, and I think we can be and will be the real deal, but it's still a work in progress. <laughs> James, can we rely on our run game and still keep winning, or do we need Jimmy G to throw more? <laughs> I don't think 
Well, I think we can rely on our run game. I don't think we necessarily have to, but I think proving in that game, you know, against the Browns, it's so integral to have such a good run game in this league because it helps your defence, it helps your offence, it does take pressure off Jimmy G, who I saw is technically ranked as the seven best quarterback in the NFL at the minute. So, yeah, if we need to rely on Jimmy G, I'm fully confident in him, I'm fully confident in our run game. Deepak, in arguably the strongest division, can we win the NFC West? I actually do, as long as we beat our divisional rivals, you know, uh, starting Sunday. That'll make a great statement, won't it, if we have a win against a divisional rival. <laughs> Absolutely. James, who has surprised you more, Bosa or Ford? <laughs> Bosa hasn't surprised me, because uh, yeah. I, I was confident in his inability. So, yeah, let's say Ford, in terms of surprised me in... I don't want to criticise him, but I expect a little bit more from him, but because both are doing so well, I'm not going to moan. We're running out of time, so I'm going to jump down to this question. How many times has Nathaniel cried since he's been in San Francisco? <laughs> Sorry. Well, hopefully a million, because I hope it is an absolute wonderful time that he and his wife are having yeah. on their anniversary trip, and I can't wait to see them both on Monday. Tell them and we are out of time. Tickled me. Yeah, tell them to all of us. <laughs> oh, sorry, that, that caught me off guard. I didn't That's read it. That's why I asked it. it. You didn't read it ahead? Oh, my goodness. Because uh, I've seen the videos. It's hilarious. Isn't it great? Yeah. yeah. Poor James, he was getting well, into long snapper mode then, and you hit him on the blind side with that. <laughs> well, is there anything else we want to talk about? We've kind of run long today. No, we're doing well. Let's carry on doing well. But, uh, yeah, let's go. All right, then. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Andy Mitchell, Daryl Nils Handman, Deepak Gohill, Graham Ross, James Little, Jason Argo, Mark Lyon, Nathaniel James, Neil Jepson, Paul McDonald, Rob Newell, Ross Irwin, Simon Holdsworth, and Stephen Box for all the work they do on the show and in the group. My apologies if I missed anyone. And if you would like to be involved in the show, just let us know. We're always looking for members to help out, contribute, or appear on the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Niner Empire GB, and on Facebook, search for the group Niner Empire GB. Be sure you check out the Frequency 49 blog on Podbean or your favorite podcast site. You can also email us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Bye, guys. Goodbye. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and James Little, I'm Kat Victorino. We'll be back next week. Have a great week. <laughs> 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 <laughs>